Hey everyone. So I'm going to riff on that great Churchillian line, which is, you know, if you're on hell, just keep going. Because I think it's apt to anyone that's on the plant medicine or has suffered trauma and is thinking about plant medicine. Um, and yeah, faith, faith in something bigger, whatever that is, and the willingness to tread the darkness through this dark forest. Um, in India, they have a term, which I just heard, which is sort of interesting, that, you know, in this country, if you kind of lose your mind, which, you know, when you get rid of spirits and stuff, you kind of go nuts, right? Um, here, they'll put you in a psych ward. In India, they'll bow down to you because you've become enlightened. You know, you've reached the whatever, the next level or whatever. Um, so a very different um, prognosis of going insane. Um, one thing about the plant medicine is it's not a happy dappy, you know, <laughs> enlightenment or the ability to release. I mean, you know, who knows how many spirits and stuff. Um, it's, not, it's not a, you know, uh, not a garden party and um, nor is it some eat, pray, love thing where it's all love and romance and I mean total fucking BS <laughs> okay. if you are really interested in releasing trauma or stuff it's a pretty perilous journey because what it asks you to do continuously I mean you know no holds barred I mean it's just insistently is face the next thing it's like a hydra head you know you cut the top off the head off and then there's another one and then there's another one and I don't know how many spirits are just feeding off me or you know, sitting in a cesspool of all that trauma. I have no idea. First of all, they should be paying rent if they're, if they're here. But anyway, which I just had a Zoom call with the Shipibo and I was like, you know, can I get them to pay rent for, for being inside of me? But anyway, um, jokes aside, it is, um, you know, they're, they're just, we, we don't see it in this side of the mountain, this side of the mountain. You know, we can't, we don't go there, right? We don't, we just, we stay on the surface, you know, just keep the surface busy, you know, just keep pumping out those Instagram pics and, you, you know, a new pair of something that you need or you're too fat, too thin. It's just keep yourself distracted and we'll just all be fine. If you are willing to not be distracted, I, and believe you me, I certainly am not. I like being distracted. I don't like to be here and I try to distract as often as possible when I'm not in ceremony seeing all this. Um, you know, you, when you're not in distraction and you actually begin this journey inward, um, there is the encounter with the shadow. And, you know, um, the drain can be quite deep and unknown. I certainly had no idea. And, yeah, you're going to, you know, deal with an exorcism one year and then five years later you're dealing with other stuff that's coming up. And... and you know, it's it. You know, they call it the test of the ayahuasca, right? Which is, it's constantly testing you to see how far you're going to go. 
How, how deep can you go? How much are you going to surrender? How much are you going to let go? And in trauma, it's particularly difficult because, you know, you're terrified and it's all fucking frightening, right? It's all like live or die. If you're in trauma, it's live or die. There are no knights on horses or, you know, goddesses on magic carpets. You know, there's no, you know, you stopped believing in that a long time ago. There is no magic when you're in trauma. You're just in a trench, you know, on a landscape of war where you are, you know, um, the person that's been hunted. And so somebody said, you know, you, you sort of have to become your own warrior, which, you know, giving Miss Scaredy Pants over here is a big deal for me to face it all, which I've, you know, I'm doing, I've done, and it continues to be um, difficult. But I think, I mean, I can say it's become easier, you know, you know, difficult at 10 zillion, it's now difficult at perhaps 10 million, right? Um, sorry. <coughs> the thing is you have to keep trekking inward. And the, the, the more inward you get, the, the deeper you get into the trek, <coughs> excuse me, the more is going to be released the more of the unseen is going to show up. So I had asked these lovely wizards, you know, what is it with all these spirits? You know, what is it with all these? And they're, you know, they manifest through me physically. And, you know, they're dark energies. They have to do with trauma and other people's energies on you. You know, when you're little, if you've been traumatized, you are, you know, inhaling the ugliness of, other people. Somebody was talking about being in ceremony and seeing, you know, anim- you know, creepy crawlies around people, spirits holding on. To- I mean, there's just so much that goes on when you open this window into this other, other dimension. They can actually see what's going on, right? And then through dedication and through work, you begin to, it manifests through you. So the path is not a, you know, eat, pray, love, you know, rom-con, no, you know, it's just going to be all nirvana and like, whoa, no, it is terrifying, shocking, and beautiful and magical, and the medicine will give you exactly what you need and when you need it, it will not give you more than you need it won't even give you what you go in for because you might go in saying oh you know I just want to heal this over here you know I remember after this massive exorcism um, I asked someone at the temple of the way of light one of the other people doing the medicine what did you say oh she said I had a list of you know like a laundry list like what's my relationship going to be like what's my job going to be like what's this So I figured, okay, I'm going to, you know, I think I did the exorcism. I'm ready to do just a laundry list of like, and the, you know, the medicine was just like, oh, are you serious? No way. We've just begun, right? I was like, but what about my job? 
forget that. It was sort of like burnt it on the pyre. I was like, don't even care about that. We've got a long way to go. So if you start on this path and and also one of the things is that this shutting down happens around the heart. The terror is around the heart. The lack of emotion is around the heart. So that's where um, that's the thing that's really being healed. And if that's protected and armored up, certainly mine was and continues to be, I'm not in any way free of all of this thing, um, that's what's going to be unshackled. And it may come out through different areas in your body, but the heart is really what's been broken. And they also have another plant called Marusa, which is a plant that works in combination with ayahuasca for those who are suffering from, you know, trauma that has to do with, you know, lack of love or neglect or any of that stuff. Because you think about it, you know, the first intimate relationship is with your parents or your caretaker, whoever it is. And that relationship is, is key. It's, it's everything. So if that's broken or injured or wounded, then, you know, the heart is, you know, the site of the healing. And somebody said, you know, oh my God, I thought I was going to have a heart attack, you know, or, you know, I thought it was going to die, you know. Somebody was saying about in ceremony, like, when they had a really big, you know, ceremony where something was being released, it was like having her bones crushed. And one of the other things that, and I, you know, I don't mean to put it in such dark terms, it could be easy peasy for you, you know, it depends how bad your trauma, how much you're holding on, you know, it could be a one, two, three. But the more you um, connect to heal with the ayahuasca, the more she's going to test you and have you face more and more. One of the, so everybody has different ways of resisting seeing the truth, right? So one of, um, so mine was, you know, didn't happen, didn't like it, didn't happen, reinvent, you know, remarket, rebrand, which is effective. But also, I mean, it doesn't mean it goes away. I just, I don't, I just have, I severed myself from it. But one of the, um, so, so the Buddhists have this notion of, which I think why meditation is so unbelievably powerful. So the experience of meditation is it allows you, with concentrated discipline and effort, to sit through everything, right? I think the Buddha was, you know, he had the devil come to him and, you know, all sorts of tempt and then Christ temptations or whatever. The ability to sit still and to really root is the ability to sit and, you know, be centered even when, you know, um, bullets are flying at you. And that's about that great Zen story about, you know, the monk comes in and he's been sitting there doing his meditation for a thousand years and a a samurai soldier says, you know, comes in and it's like, I'm going to cut your head off. And he just sits there. 
And he goes, move. And he goes, he said, and it said the samurai soldier said to him, what is hell? And, you know, the monk said, yeah, what you're doing right now is hell. Right. And what this is about is can you sit? What the meditation does, what the discipline of meditation does, is it allows you to sit so that you are, it's called the center of the wheel. You can sit through, you know, hailstorms and thunder and, you know, packs of wolves. You just sit, not frozen, just sit, you know, sitting. So you see both the light and the dark, it, it comes at you, but you can't, it can't affect you because you're not reacting to it because you're just at the center. They always say be at the center of the wheel, the spoke, you know, the middle bit, right? Everything's happening on the outside, but in the middle it's just rooted. And that's why the, the practice of meditation was so important for me to really, you know, 10, 12 years when I had this big Kundalini break, because then you can, when ayahuasca came and it was huge, I had the discipline of sitting, of, of being able to sit through some pretty awful stuff. Now I'm being tested, can I sit through, you know, me moving around, like literally the spirits are coming out of me and they're, you know, they're seething and they're angry and whatever, you know. So the deeper she digs, the more I have to be able to sit there and, you know, let it happen. And how much can I do that, right? So the act of sitting and seeing and um, is a very powerful tool if you're thinking about dealing with trauma and if you're, dealing, if, you, if you're interested in doing plant medicines. It's a great way to, it's like being in a movie theater, you know, and you're the spectator, and everything's just coming out of you, and, you know, spirits, and God knows what else, and visions, and you have to sit through all of it. It's a huge test. And that's how you heal, is that you're able to allow it to come up. So most of our life, if you're in trauma, you're in resistance to what happened. You're in resistance to life, you're armored up, and, you know, it's a tough gig, you, you know, do not want to let go. The ayahuasca, if you do plant medicines, is asking you to go deeper, to keep releasing, to keep releasing, to keep releasing. And it is a test of how much you're willing to see and experience. And do you go mad? I suppose I can't really go mad. I really need to be around the Shipibo to just release it all, the actual, I don't know. But there is another level of faith. One of the things that happens when you, um, you're traumatized or you live in trauma, or you're trying to find a way out of trauma, you can't find the answer in this world. I can't, um, I couldn't, perhaps you can, but I certainly couldn't. Um, I felt completely let down by religions. I didn't understand them. It was all gobbledygook to me. I didn't have any sense of it. 
especially all the pedophiles and stuff. It's just like, ugh, right? People hanging on crosses. It was just like, what? Like, I got to wake up to that? No. Right? So it didn't mean, it was just like a gruesome kind of medieval torture chamber where everything was wrong and you were wrong and you were a sinner and just just didn't make any sense. It was, it was darker than life itself. I mean, who wants to be there? And it's also controlling and authoritarian and all that stuff. Well, you know, and it's a way it takes away the divinity from everybody, right? Somebody has the answer, you don't. You need to go to them. It's a robbing of souls for me. That's how I feel. And really, the thing is to take your power back. But if you want to take your power back, um, then you have to understand who you are. I mean, we're all energy. We're all, we all have this incredible power to do so much, but we're so limited because our belief is outside. It's all about material. And we've just shunned, in this part of the world anyway, any, you know, teachings about energy or, you know, how to see energy. Just all that stuff is just like it's just, you know, woo-woo, right? You know, I want to see it. Is it on an Excel sheet? You know, does it have an equation? And can I calculate and experiment it, right? So which has its place too, but I'm just saying it basically also cancels out a huge um, part of the universe which is equally as powerful and healing. So I had no faith you know, um, in anything. Um, I think, you know, again, if you've been traumatized, you, you know, you turn your back on on divinity, you, you turn your back on whatever was there. You have to. I mean, you know, it's the first heartbreak when you arrive and you're hurt. And here you are in the midst of all these, you know, predators and, you know, um, I think about those dogs on the savannah, those, you know, gnarling, I can't remember the names. But anyway, um, yeah, and, and you're in terror and you're forced to, now I would make up a faith. I mean, I would invent it in my head, but it never really, not my heart, it never really existed. So the thing about this medicine is that, or, or you know, if you're doing ayahuasca or if you're doing meditation is that there's a faith that grows. There's a faith in something that you can't see that's bigger than you, that you have begin to have access to. And your courage mounts as you face more and more. And the ayahuasca gives you more and more to face. Because trauma, you know, in trauma you're smothered with really bad energies. So when I come back from my second time in Peru, and it started to get really bad, like these energies were coming up through my mouth and it was just like they were really emerging. And, um, you know, I wrote to the Shipiba and they said, you better get down here now. You have all sorts of black magic and stuff and dark energies and, you know, it's bad. I couldn't leave. I couldn't leave the States at the time. I couldn't. I'd just gotten back. My phone had stopped ringing. I was sort of in a mini quarantine before even the pandemic. It was just, you know, that my whole life was already changing, was shifting. And... I couldn't go get help, right? I couldn't go get... So I really had to find the courage to sit and kind of do the work myself. Not that I don't need to go back. Of course I do. 
but um, it will make you face. You know, I always said if the ayahuasca wanted me to be down there, I'd be down there, but I'm not, I'm here. So I have to face this here. And, you know, you become a more of a warrior. You become, you know, yes, the first time I came back, you know, for my first visit, I was turning to animals and I was freaked out, right? I was like, what the fuck, right? Now I'm a jaguar, now I'm a this, now I'm a that. And, but after that first kind of freak out, it was like, okay, it's the trust in the medicine. The medicine is going to take you on your terms, on its terms, not your terms to where you need to go. And you don't even know where you're going. You just trust. And I suppose that's one of the things about trauma is you don't trust. I didn't trust really anyone. I didn't trust. I invented trust, but not really. I didn't trust anyone. And also, um, one of the difficulties I had and I saw, you know, was the way we build armor. So the way I covered up the abuse and all the terror was thinking. So I would think my way out of it. I would make up landscapes, imaginary fairy tales and, you know, knights on horses and they're really good and, you know, deep down they're really nice people. <laughs> oh my God. And I would just, um, you know, smother, you know, the, the five-star Michelin sauce and shit. And so one of the things I had an issue with in ceremony was my brain, when it saw something dark coming up, would immediately, like, launch, you know, the next great Hollywood story about them. <laughs> so I wouldn't have to deal. And so that's one of the issues that I have in ceremonies. I have to really focus just to listen and not let my mind get away get ahead of what's going to happen because it just doesn't want to see the truth, right? So that was an early weapon uh, in dealing with trauma. So I was already inventing a story about it before the horror happened. I was sexually abused, so that would happen a lot. So I would invent a lovely story before some horrible, horrible thing happened. So I wouldn't, it was a, it was a way of armoring up against the truth. So one thing that I've had to learn is to focus and just to let, not let all this mind contrive versions of <clears throat> reality before reality hits. And just to be open to the reality of what's going to happen and what I'm going to see. And that's, you know, we have a lot of ways of dealing and weaponizing and armoring up when you're, you know, very little. You don't have a lot, you know, you've got lemons, you've got to make lemonade. So that you know it's all I, i'm always having to remove all my weapons and all my my literally my whole army you know has basically been shell you know shelved or Im immobilized so that the true truth can come up and i can heal it so there are many aspects of the journey to nirvana which is really like you know trekking through a jungle with a plastic Chinese takeaway knife, you know, and just a lot of faith, right? right? It's like, I've got to believe it's bigger than this. You know, I've got to believe that whatever's happening here is, good, is for my good. 
I got to surrender to something bigger. And that's difficult if you've been traumatized. There are many fears, you know, am I going to go mad? Which eventually you might, but that's actually a great gift. Am I going to die? Yeah, your old self might die. And again, might be another great gift. Um, you know, the ego is always inventing the, you know, uh, the stories of, oh shit, what the fuck is going to happen? I'm going to die. I mean, for me, it was always like, I'm going to die, right? But I was dying since I was born, so it was kind of like, okay. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is the way of the cross. I mean, if you're religious. It is, you know, the... I mean, I don't believe in the... I mean, all that stuff, on crosses and stuff, but it is a painful return. Yes. Insofar as it's difficult to, you know, to see the shadow. It's difficult to experience the physicality because it's in your system. Um... So yeah, you need courage and, you know, you need to sort of be a medieval knight, you know, on a horse. You know, um, and no, it's not, you know, butterflies and, and you know, halos and, I mean, sometimes it can be, right? But it can be the most incredibly expansive, loving thing you've ever felt in your whole life. But it can also feel like you're being crushed by a truck, right? And that's the cleansing process, you know. It is hell. And you don't know where it ends. And you don't know why it's happening specifically to you. And it, you know, it might be happening to 10 zillion other people in different ways. But if you're in trauma and ego, you know, you're always inventing your future. Right, you're always planning ahead, you're just you've got it all set up. And if you're on the path of healing to heal your trauma, there is no plan. There is no I don't know what her plan is. I don't know what the medicine's plan is. I've no idea. I've had some, you know, visions of what that future looks like. I don't know how I get there or how it's gonna happen. Um so I trust and the more yeah, and it still gets sometimes difficult, like, oh, my God, what is this about, right? Oh, my God, right? But it's human. It's a human experience. It's not like some godly, I'm in a robe and, you know, nothing touches me and I don't, you know, want to kill someone, right? It's the human experience at its rawest. And, you know, it's, you know, it's like getting a degree, you know. It's like going to school. Somebody says, it's kind of nice, yeah. First you're in kindergarten, and then you get in this next level. And, then, you know, and it keeps testing you, and it, you keep growing, and you keep rebuilding and shedding. And you really are literally sloughing off tons of energies that have been feeding off you like parasitic bacteria if there's been a trauma. It is literally like a parasitic bacteria that are like feeding off your fear and your wounds and your terror. So 
you know, if you are interested in true healing, there's a trust and a faith in something that you don't understand. If you're interested in true healing, you know, meditating is a great way to start rooting so you can pull up all the stuff and be at the center of it. If you're truly interested in healing trauma, you have to find the courage and the worry that lives in everybody, every person. And if you're truly interested, you know, like Churchill says, if you're in hell, just keep going. And how it ends, where it ends, you won't know till you get there. Um, but if you don't want to be owned by trauma, be captive. If you want to really release and, you know, take off this costume um, that has you, you know, huddled up like a Houdini jacket, then that's, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a very powerful human and unexpected experience, which as you get deeper and deeper, you will be more and more grateful for. And as I said to the um, <laughs> Shipibo, when are they going to start paying rent? <laughs> anyway, on that note, bye.